What's up, guys? Welcome back to another podcast episode here at Spiritual Warfare 101. And today, I'm excited for what the topic is going to be. Obviously, you see the title of this podcast episode. Um, so in the last couple of weeks, I've just been speaking about just revival, how God wants to use you for revival. But it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your race, your gender. Um, it doesn't matter about anything. Just, just that you have a heart for what God has a heart for. Just that, that you have a heart to see souls saved. The Bible actually says in Proverbs, I think Proverbs 18, but don't quote me on that. The Bible says in Proverbs that a wise man wins souls. A wise man wins souls, right? That's what the Bible says. And so not, so just desiring for souls to be one in the kingdom before the kingdom of God, desiring to see people say yes to Jesus and not just make a decision, but make a complete lifestyle change and transformation through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, actually preaching the gospel. I might even do a podcast episode, The Holy Spirit Leads, what is the gospel? Because many times we are in church and at the end of those services, if people even do this, the altar call is, if you want to give your life to Jesus today, then raise your hand, say this prayer, come up to the altar. But people, I don't hear many pastors explaining what does it mean to give your life to Jesus? What is the gospel? I, I would never forget that um, I was going to street preach one time, me and a friend who are street preachers and this guy that was with us who never street preached before, but he's a worship singer in church and he grew up as a pastor's kids, things like that. And I was like, look, bro, like before we go, I want to make sure, are you saved? And do you even know what the gospel is? Cause just because you grew up in church doesn't mean you grew up in Christ. And I will never forget. He's like, yeah, I am saved. So I'm like, what is the gospel? He did not know what the gospel was. I had to explain to him what the gospel was. And he said, wow, my dad never told me that. I never heard of this. Mind you, his dad's a pastor. And I'm not shaming his dad. I'm not shaming him. But how is it that we can grow up in church our entire life and don't never hear the message of the gospel? What are you preaching? Like, what are you preaching if you aren't consistently every single time we're in church preaching the gospel uh, for people that need a reminder for people who um, need to rededicate their lives for people who are not saved, things like that. And so don't get me wrong. Revivals are, are, are awesome. Cruises are awesome. Again, I'm a missionary. That's what I'm going to be doing. I, I literally start my tour this weekend, traveling around the U S and then traveling to the nations to do God, to preach the gospel, to preach the gospel to lost, to preach the gospel to the saved, to, to preach, to, to preach the truth for Jesus. Um, so like I said, the last couple of weeks, I've been talking about, revival how God wants to use you and what does it mean um to, to how to have your heart ready and who is God looking for and today I want to kind of talk about what happens after a revival right like like we we think of Billy Graham we many of us of us think of gospel crusades revivals and we think of Billy Graham how he travel across the world and preach the gospel and millions of people were saved. But the reality is like after a couple of years, 1% of those people that say yes at that gathering, only 1% stayed following Jesus afterwards. Why? Was it anything that Billy Graham done wrong? No, it was never, never any scandals. Was it anything he, he said wrong? No, the reality is that those people that say yes in the moment, 
they weren't discipled afterwards. And the last couple of weeks in the discipleship training school I'm in, these these speakers that have been coming in are, are keep saying the same thing, which is evangelism and discipleship are never supposed to be separate. They were never supposed to be separate. They were supposed to go hand in hand. Almost every person you lead to Christ, you should also be able to disciple. I'm not saying that if you lead a thousand people to Christ in a crusade, that you should disciple a thousand people. That's not that's not what I'm saying. Excuse me. Well, I am saying that you should be able to, whenever you are traveling or whatever, one be be prepared to disciple that person, but also be prepared to connect that person to people that will be able to disciple them, connect that person to a good biblically sound church, regardless if that church believes in the gifts or not. For example, like I, I think I think churches, um, I'm a continuationist, I'm not a cessationist. I do believe the gifts are for the day, operating the gifts, I believe in the gifts, I have seen the gifts. Um, however, I think this is my personal opinion. Um, I think we worship in spirit and truth. Both are very, very important. But let's say um, the churches in that person's area, there's no churches that operate in the gifts, but they are biblically sound. Let that person be the biblically sound church, rather than a church that's so focused on experience and the gifts, but have no biblically sound, but don't read the Bible, right? Um, why do I say that? I say that because um, deception starts the moment. You don't have the word in you. Deception starts the moment you start believing the word is, is with error. The word, um, the word was only written by man. Deception starts when you think there's anything wrong with the word of God, and you if you don't have the word of God in your life, right? That's where deception starts. That's how apostates happen, which are people that fall away from the faith in the last days. Um, that's how these things happen. So anyway, that's all to say. Today I'm going to talk about discipleship. I want to talk about what happens after revival, what happens after evangelism, what happens after you lead someone to Christ, which is discipleship. So many of you probably heard of this word. You you have probably heard of the Great Commission, go and make disciples um, of all the nation, baptizing them in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? But what is discipleship? What does it mean to disciple someone? Discipleship is simply this, training someone up to be a follower of Christ. That's it. Training someone up to be a follower of Christ. First Corinthians 11, um, Paul literally says, follow me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right? What is what was Paul saying? Um, what is what was Paul saying? Paul was saying, look, what he just said, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But that is that is discipleship. You you the Holy Spirit either leads you to someone, the Holy Spirit leads someone to you, or you you start a friendship with someone, whether they are currently in the faith, they're not in the faith, or you led them to faith, and you simply train them up through the means of your friendship to be a follower of Christ and to be more like Christ. So yes, so it's training them up through that friendship to be a follower like Christ, to be more like Christ. I once had someone in my life that in a way was kind of discipling me because I was seeking out for this uh, discipleship um, when I was a senior, junior, senior in college. And this woman, and I kind of asked her what discipleship was, and I never forget what she said. And she said, discipleship is simply doing life with another person. And at first, I didn't really understand what she meant. Like, how is it that simple? How is it just doing life with another person to our, until I did that? And I was like, huh, that's discipleship, right? So discipleship is doing life with that person. Think about it. Jesus hung out, ate food, and went to weddings with his disciples. He simply did life with his disciples. He went grocery shopping with his disciples. He, again, went to weddings. He ate at the dinner table with them. He didn't just do signs, miracles, and wonders and, and preach at synagogues, although he did that. 
but he did regular daily life activities with his disciples as well. And through that, the disciples were able to see how he represented um, the father, how he was able to stay holy and perfect through all situations, through daily life tasks, not just when you're preaching, not just when you're praying for someone, not just when you're doing ministry, but when you're just doing daily life with someone, that person you're discipling is able to see how you're more like Jesus through everything you do. Um, I'm going to go a little bit more into this, how to disciple someone um, in the next episode. But um, I'm going to just say this quickly. I accidentally disciple someone before. And I say accidentally because I wasn't intentional with it. It just happened that way. And we honestly didn't realize that, like, I kind of discipled her until, like, the end of the, the uh, of our time together in a way. Like, we're still friends. But the end of, I don't really know how to explain it. And we were like, oh, like, wait, I kind of, like, discipled you. And, like, pretty much um, I was really close friends with this girl. She was already in the faith. Um, but in a way, I discipled her because I always had, like, revelation. I was always sharing her um, the things that the Lord was teaching me, the things that I was going through. She seen my walk with the Lord through everything that I did. She was able to watch me. She was able to listen carefully to how I answered and handled situations, things like that. And I will never forget that through that experience that one day um, she was in school and um, she actually, the, the paper was about who are who are the people in your life that's the most influential in your life? And she said, me and her mom. And that really meant a lot. And it was after reading what she said about me. And I was like, wait, I think I discipled you. She was like, wait, you kind of did. So like, we didn't realize that just doing life with her and being a friend of her, encouraging her, uplifting her, pushing her to be more like Jesus. Although our mutual friends were putting her down, were you know, trying try to tell her be real, realistic. I was encouraged to do what the Lord told you to do, even if it doesn't make sense. Even if your parents and your friends don't see it, do what the Lord tells you to do. And so in that, it, it was through that relationship, she was able to grow and she was able to do actually what the Lord was calling her to do. Like to the point she dropped out of college and she started working full time in ministry to these middle school kids and making such impact on these middle school kids because she had someone, and I'm not boasting myself, but she had someone who was following Christ, who went through what she's going through, where it's like, you know, no one really so you know understands me. People put me down, but I go where the Lord tells me to go, whether it makes sense or not, and be able to encourage her the things that I'm currently going through today and the things that I went through for her to do it, for her to step into her calling, step into her destiny. It's a powerful thing. And we're not as close as we used to be because I just moved away and she has just grown. Like, you know, that's the point of discipleship is to be more like Jesus. But it gets to a point the student, right, um, no longer needs you, right? It's time for that student to start discipling other people and to find someone else to mentor her that's at a different level than you're cur- that, that I'm currently at, right? And so at, at every point of our lives, we should have a mentor. And if we don't have a mentor, it's just at times in your life, you have stages where it's just you and God. Um, in the Bible, there, there are times where God was seeing your mentor. And there are times you just have books, right? Books, the author of these books are your mentors as well. So the beginning of my walk, for example, I didn't get disciple. It was just me, God, and the Bible. Me, God, and the Bible, and YouTube. Me, God, and the Bible, and YouTube. And that's all it was. And then eventually, I was, like I said, start seeking out discipleship, things like that. 
And even that process was kind of difficult. I'm not even sure if God really wanted me to get discipled in that time of my life. Um, but then eventually, um, uh, being able to be plugged into a local church, like within the last year, being able to be under my pastor, that's not really discipleship. It's kind of death shepherding, which is different in discipleship. Um, but even then, like, I never really had like a long-term mentor or disciple. Um, it's just honestly just been me, the Lord, and the Bible, um, which I'm not recommending that the Bible says we need, we, right, we need to be disciple and we need to uh, make disciples as well. But that's just what, how my life has ended up. But anyway, again, discipleship is doing life with a person. Um, and I, I want to mention that in Jewish culture, um, the, the, it was common for the students to listen, to watch, and to imitate their rabbis, right? To, to listen, to watch, and imitate their rabbis. That's what being a disciple was, was to listen and watch and imitate their rabbis. So when Paul was like, imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? He was basically speaking to people and say, be my disciple, listen to me, watch me, imitate me, not because it's me, but imitate me as I imitate Christ, right? I love that he said, imitate me as I imitate Christ, because obviously the the, the Pharisees before, before there was Jesus, the, 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 their students were just imitating them because they, they, they thought that they were, they were the most holy, right? Because they were trying to follow the Torah, Um but the fact that Paul didn't just say imitate me, just like a regular Pharisee, he said imitate me as I imitate Christ because he is the standard, not me, which is beautiful. And so we have biblical examples of discipleship. We have on the Old Testament, we have Elijah and Elisha, for example. Um, Elijah pretty much um, got... Uh, God, Elijah is a it's a whole story of Elijah. I'm not about to go into it. He's an interesting character for sure. But Elijah pretty much throws his cloak onto Elisha in a field. And Elisha's like, wait a minute, you can't just like kind of pass on your mantle towards me. Like, you need to disciple me. And Elijah's like, no, bro, like, leave me alone. I just, I'm like sick of this life. And Elisha's like, no, like, you need to disciple me. And so he like followed him around and got discipled by Elijah. That's the pair, that's that's the Nays version of it. And then you have the New Testament, in, which is Paul and Timothy. What I love about Paul and Timothy's story is that the Bible literally says that there were there were good reports about Timothy. Right, so Paul heard good things about Timothy. He finally so Timothy had a Jewish mom and a Greek dad. Um, Paul meets Timothy. The Bible says he liked what he saw. He liked Timothy. Then the Bible literally says he he took Timothy, circumcised him, and told him to pretty much follow him wherever he went. And basically, basically Timothy became his disciple. Paul liked what he saw, he took him, and said, like, follow me, and that's pretty much how, how it was, which is hilarious. Um, now, today, I don't know how that's going to go. Like, just Jesus said, look, look at people and say, follow me. I don't know why people just did that so easily back then, um, but today, again, the Holy Spirit either, like, for example, the mentor I have, this is how the mentor that I now have, this is how this, this discipleship mentor type thing kind of happened. So, for her personally... She said that how I asked her to, uh, how she's mentoring me, she never done it this way. The Holy Spirit will usually place someone on her heart, and then she will pursue them through friendship and through that way, um, disciple them without them knowing that they're a disciple. Quite frankly, I don't know if a person that you disciple should know or not. 
Um, I think there. Oh, well, I think there are times. Yes, they should know. There are other times, like doesn't really matter. I don't think the Bible literally. The Bible doesn't say. The Bible just says make go make disciples. It doesn't say go make disciples that you have to tell them that they're disciples. Um, but I'm sure like every disciple knew that they were disciple. So I don't know. I have heard people, or they're like, oh, they don't know that they're being disciple, but they are being disciple. Um, they know. I don't like it's whatever the Holy Spirit leads you. Again, sometimes the Holy Spirit leads you. Um, to just pursue that person a friendship or you disciple them to that friendship. There are times when um, they he would send them to you, whatever case may be. And that's kind of how it was with me and her. It's that um, just crazy story. I'm going to say it real quick. Um, I, I heard of this girl. I was asking someone about a specific program. And he's like, yeah, you should talk to, let's call her Erica. You should talk to Erica about it uh, because she knows more. She's kind of leading the program, things like that, da, da, da. And I'm like, I never heard this woman day in my life. I doubt I'm ever going to meet her. So I kind of push it to the side. Two days later, I try to Google her just to see how she looks. I'm like, man, I'm never going to meet this woman. Forget it. Um, so I went about my day. That night at this worship night we have every Thursday night, um, I felt the Holy Spirit lead me to go up to the front to get prayed for some healing, emotional healing for something. And um, someone that I knew, a friend was praying for me, and this other woman, um, I thought I knew who the person was praying for me. So I had my eyes closed the entire time thinking I know the person praying for me. And the the woman goes, what's your name? Tell my finish. I'm like, this woman knows who I am. Why did she just ask me my name? Open my eyes. I'm like, uh, it's some like Asian woman. I'm like, I don't know who she is. And I'm like, oh, my name's Nay. And she goes, oh, my name's Erica. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to meet you. She goes, well, here I am. So it was just crazy how that happened. So like two weeks later, we met in person. And after hearing her story, I just knew I wanted to sit under her feet. And I knew I wanted her to disciple me. After hearing her story, that's it. I'm like, she has something that this is not by accident. I don't believe coincidences. This was a divine appointment that someone mentioned her, never heard of her a day in my life. It happens. She happens to be the one to pray for me and prophesy over me. And then I'm like, come on, like two days later, like that same week, that's that's not a coincidence. I don't believe the coincidence. That was a divine appointment. After hearing her story, I'm like, I need to sit under her feet. And I asked her, I said, disciple me. Let me sit under your feet. And she laughed and she's like, you know, you can ask me any question. No, like ask me any questions you want. I said, no, I didn't ask you if I can ask you questions. I asked you to disciple me. And she's like laughing. I'm dead serious. And I'm yes, I'm being aggressive like this. I'm dead serious. And I'm like, pray on it. And I, I said, pray on it with so much confidence that the Lord was going to say, yes, she can disciple me. I give her a couple of days. A couple of days later, I text her, did the Lord tell you yes yet? I'm dead serious. This is a true story, guys. I said, did the Lord tell you yes? She goes, yes, the Lord told me yes. I was so, I was so happy that the Lord said yes. So happy the Lord said yes. And the another discipleship mentor mentee thing type thing um started and she mentioned that she has never discipled anyone like the one like the way that we're doing where we're literally just meeting up and we're having we're getting straight to the point there's no fluff around we're getting straight to the point this is what i'm going through this is what the lord is showing me this is the process and then she guides me through this process guides me through inner healing whatever the case may be and honestly she's just basically she's honestly just there for emotional support i'm not gonna lie um but the, she still has something that I need and something that I want. And that's just an example. Um, that's not common. Again, discipleship is doing life with someone. The reason why this, this the way this is kind of happening is kind of like weird. 
is again i'm a missionary she's a part of the same mission uh, movement i'm a part of but um she's fully on staff i'm just a student and i'm going to be traveling on tour soon and she's going to be still in california so um we kind of just need to get straight to the point and not fluff around plus she's super busy and really has time to um to, to see me so anyway we just get straight to the point when we see each other but again it's not always going to be like that. There are times where you're going to do life together. There are times when the person is going to be like, disciple me. Um, there are times when you're, you're going to go to the person and say, I need to disciple you. It kind of just depends where the Holy Spirit kind of leads you. How that makes sense. There was a lot going on. So that's great name. I, I, I explained what is discipleship. I gave you some, I gave you like two different biblical examples from the Old Testament and New Testament. Why is discipleship essential? So discipleship is important because it teaches them, it teaches people how to follow and be more like Christ. This is important, okay? This is very important. This is very important. I'm going to give you an example of why it's important. Let's say, let's say I have a teenager. Let's say my mom, I have a teenager. My teenager's getting ready to drive, okay? The teenager's getting ready to drive. Let's say, um, before, let's say before my teenager learns to drive, I just give them a car, but they have absolutely no clue how to use the car. What's going to happen? They're going to crash, hurt themselves, hurt somebody else, or they're going to die. Okay. Many times, many times when a person Many times when a person gets saved, right, we throw them into a new, I guess, religion or lifestyle or way of thinking and give no, give them no direction on how to live this life, right? It's like Christianity is the car, and we don't tell them how to pray, how to read the Bible, um, you know, how to, how to be a Christian, and we wonder why many of them walk away from the faith or they, or whatever, whatever the case may be. And this is actually biblical. And we see this in Matthew 13, which I'm going to read. We see this in Matthew 13. So many times we just say, okay, here's the gospel. But then in other words, we, you know, that we, they say, yes, it's like, it's like, Oh, they say, yes, I want Christian. I want to be a Christian. And it's like, we're giving them a brand new car, but we never taught them how to drive the car. We never taught them how to drive. And we wonder why they're hurting other people. We wonder why they're, they're, you know, hurting themselves or whatever the case may be. Their spirit is dying because we never taught them. And Jesus speaks similar to this. Matthew 13. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Verse 1, this is New King James Version. On the same day, Jesus, Jesus went out in the house of the house and sat by the sea, and a great multitude were gathered together to him, so that he got into a boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Verse 3, then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. When the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they were, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But 
Others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Okay? Later on, Jesus literally explains what this parable means. Verse 18, Therefore hear the parables of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes to snatch the web what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who received seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the ground, on the good ground, is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Right. So we literally just read. There are some people who get the gospel preached to them and they don't understand it because they don't understand it. The seed was never planted in their heart. Okay. Satan snatches snatches it away. Okay. Um. The seed was placed in the heart, cause, but Satan snatches away because they, they didn't understand the gospel. It didn't make any sense to them, right? Then you have people who receive the word of God, like they receive the gospel and they receive the joy, but because they're going through a hard time, because no one taught them, no one discipled them or taught them how to go through life or how to go through tribulations and trials and persecution, the Bible says he stumbles. Right, and then there's some who receives the word, who receives and says yes to the word of God of, of of the gospel, but the cares of this world chokes them up. No one teaches them that the cross is more important than the world. Right, so because a person's not getting dis, because a person's not getting disciple of how to understand the gospel, why the gospel is important. How to understand the Bible, why the Bible is important, because um, no one is discipling someone to go through hard times and be alongside of them. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone because no one is teaching them that the cross and Jesus is more valuable than the world. Right. People stumble and fall away from the word of God. I mean, from uh, from from Jesus and the, and the seed never um, grows to, to produce fruit. Right, the Bible literally says if someone becomes unfruitful, right? So this is why discipleship is so important because many times evangelists, including me, I have done this in my life, we will preach the gospel to someone and it becomes a numbers game. We will preach the gospel to someone and they don't understand the gospel, or we barely understand the gospel, so we don't we don't want to have any time for them to ask questions, so we leave, or they say yes but then we don't get the contact information and when something hard happens they're wondering why god allowed it to happen and we can't walk them through that or um you know they say they receive the word of god but again the world is still very important to them like this is why discipleship is essential guys matthew 13 is a perfect example why discipleship is so important because we don't want the enemy to take away the seed. We don't want trials and tribulations to get away with the seed. We don't want the world to get away with the seed. We want them to hear the word of God, understand it, and we want them to bear fruit from that. 
and be able to, 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 to imitate us as we imitate Christ. Okay. We want to teach them how to read the Bible, how to pray, what exactly is the gospel, how to preach the gospel, you know, things like that. Not just how to be a good person. For First of all, that's not our job. We all suck. That's the Holy Spirit's job, right? But practicals, disciplines like that, that's going to get them so far. Disciplines plus the Holy Spirit is going to get them so far. I hope this is making sense. Last point, guys, and I'm done for the night. We're all called to make disciples. This is not a choice. This is a commandment. These were literally Jesus' last words, which was, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them, okay, to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Every person is called to go preach the gospel, and every person is called to make disciples. Okay? That's not a choice. That's a commandment. So, make disciple with your coworker. Do life with them. If you're married and you're listening to me, guess what you can do? Invite your neighbors, invite your coworkers, whatever, to over your house for dinner, for a game night. I know people are going to think it's weird because no one neighbors don't talk to each other anymore, but do it anyway. You know? Oh, parents, another thing, your child is your disciple. Train a child up the way that he shall go, that he may not depart from it. Your child is your God-given blood disciple. That's your disciple. So we are to make disciples with anyone. We can even make disciples with our own family members. We can make disciples of our brothers, of our sisters, of our mothers, of our, of our uncles, whatever it is. I think right now even the Lord may be even calling me to disciple my siblings and my own mother. It's not a choice, guys. It's a commandment. I think we made discipleship more difficult than it has to be. Do life with the person. Hang out with the person. Go to the movies with the person. Because everything we do on this earth, we can do with Jesus. Now, let me be careful when I say that. I'm not talking about sinning. Oh, I'm a sin with Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. So don't hear what I'm not saying. Okay, be holy as he is holy. But go make disciples. Guys, in other words, go and make friends and teach them the things that Jesus taught. Go and make friends and teach them how to be like Jesus. What if, well, they're atheists, nay. Teach them through your actions. And when the Holy Spirit gives you a go, or when they decide to ask you, that's when you share your faith. Okay? So some of us, we just share our faith right away, and the person automatically shuts down. I have done that out of ignorance. I didn't know. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just wants you to wait. Love of them, love on them, show them the gospel through your actions, right? Show them Jesus through your actions, have them imitate you as you imitate Christ, as you, the manager of Starbucks, of Big B Coffee, which is a Midwest thing, of whatever it is. And then one day, when you're hanging out, hanging with them outside work, outside, even church, I don't know, 
they're going to ask you, why are you like this? Or the Holy Spirit leads you to ask them, do you have faith? Where are you in faith? I'm like this because I'm a Christian. So what does it mean to make disciples? Go make friends. What is discipleship? Doing life with another person. Training someone up to be a follower of Christ and to follow Christ. Why is discipleship essential? Because it teaches them how to follow and be like Christ, not like you. Are we all called to make disciples? According to Matthew 28, we are. So, guys, God bless you guys. I love you all. The next episode either will be Corey Russell. He came to my class and got to hear him talk about prayer. So, either um, I'm upload his teachings or um, how to disciple. I talked about what is discipleship next. I want to talk to how a little bit, how to disciple more deeply. Uh, and I want to pray. So, God, I just pray for every person that um is listening to this podcast. God, I pray, God, that you would place on their heart the person that you want them to disciple. God, um, begin to place people on uh, other, begin to place that this person on other people's heart for that um for them to come to them for them to be discipled by them. God. And, yeah, just let discipleship and evangelism spread throughout your body, God. Teach us how to disciple. Teach us how to evangelize. All for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.